Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ephesians chapter 4, and I'll be reading verses 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We talked um, last week, at least virtually, uh, on how life is a temporary assignment. And so um, this morning I want to look at what does it mean to accept the assignment that you've been given, not by anyone other than the Lord. And when, when I say assignment, uh, you'll understand that what we're really discussing is ministry. Every one of you is a minister. And probably one of the worst things that has happened since the church began is that we make the person who stands in this little box the celebrity or the minister. And we, we forget that the scriptures teach us of the priesthood of all believers. Uh, and so that's what we're going to look at this morning, that we have an assignment. Each one of us has been given a responsibility, and we all share the same responsibility, even though we do it in different ways. Now, what was read to us from Ephesians reminds us, and, and, and he even used the word some. Not everyone is called to uh, be the, the preacher or the, uh, the, the music minister, but all of us have been equipped to minister in some way. And we have to remember that. We have to understand that first we were created to serve and ultimately to serve the Lord, serve God. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. And these good works, they are your service. They are what we do out of the love that we have for God. So whenever you serve others in any way, as a believer, you're serving God. Jesus even said when he told the parable in Matthew 25, he said, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are, my, who are members of my body, you did it to me. 
So when we serve others or each other, we are serving Christ. The least, the least of these is important in that because God, excuse me, Jesus included himself. He associates himself with the least of these. And there comes a point in our lives, all of us, at some point in our lives are the least of these. Maybe not in terms of material, but sometimes emotional, we are the least. Sometimes in our mental health, we are the least of these, and we need people beside us to help. And God associates Himself with that. Each one of us in this room, if you're a believer, you have a special service, a ministry, that only you can do in the way that you do it. You were placed on this earth for that reason. You're not just created to serve God. This may sound familiar. You were saved to serve God. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says, "Who has Speaking of the Lord, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. We serve the Lord by living a holy life. We're not saved by the acts that we do or the service, but we are saved for that service. In God's kingdom, you have a place. You have a purpose. You have a role and a function that only you can fulfill in the way that you do it. You are hardwired the way you are. And so, you know, sometimes people say, well, why are they the way they are? Well, that's how God made them. Why are you the way you are? Because God made you that way. And He uses our personalities and He uses everything about us uh, to, to fulfill that ministry. God takes this seriously because uh, it costs Jesus His own life to purchase our salvation. And the Scriptures remind us in 1 Corinthians 6.20, we were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Do you, did you know that how you, how you treat your body is part of your service to the Lord? Uh, so I guess that means I'll pass McDonald's on the way home uh, remind myself to treat my body better. We don't serve God. Now, hear me when I say this. We are not to serve God out of guilt. You should not serve God out of what somebody, because somebody tells you, well, where were you at when we were doing this? Or you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't tell you they missed you. Hopefully they do miss you when you're not here. But you will never hear me say, well, where were you at? I don't do that. I don't like it when it's done to me. Uh, you know, maybe you would say, well, that's none of your business, right? We don't serve God out of guilt. We don't serve Him out of fear. In fact, Scripture teaches us that perfect love drives out fear. We serve the Lord ultimately because we love Him. Out of joy, out of a thankful spirit for what He's done for us. You see, the truth is, when we're not serving the Lord, it's a hard issue. It's not well, I don't have the time and I don't have the money and I don't have, you know, whatever it may be. The truth is when we don't serve God, it's really there's a breakdown in our relationship with Him. Through salvation, our past is forgiven, right? Our present, who today, our life is given a purpose and a future and it's secured in Christ. John said in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love our brothers. 
and sisters. Anyone who does not love remains in death. So why do we, why do we serve God? Because we love Him. It's the same reason why we should serve one another. You know, when you look at Ephesians, and, and you can go into uh, chapter 4, verse 17, and, and even through the rest of the book, chapters 5 and, and 6, about how uh, we should treat each other at work and how we should treat each other at home, it's, it's ultimately all about because we love God, then we will treat each other with respect. You see, the truth is, if I'm only concerned with me, I should question whether Christ is really the king of my life. A saved heart is a heart that wants to serve, that wants to be available. And, and again, another word for serving is a word we're scared of, ministry. Because if you were raised in church and you hear the word minister, you think of whoever's standing here, which is really sad because churches today are suffering because not enough people realize they are a minister. You ever notice, and we don't use this word in our country, but in other countries, you know what? They don't say secretary of defense. They say minister of defense or minister of whatever. Their job is to serve in that capacity. So the truth is, you can use the word service and ministry Collectively, if you are a Christian, you're a minister. And when you're serving, you're ministering to other people. When Jesus healed Peter's sick mother-in-law, the Bible tells us that he touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to serve him. This is what we do. You know, uh, I'm, and I'm going to brag a little bit about my wife. She's not in here, but I know she has the gift of hospitality. I don't. Okay, I don't. As far as I'll go, I'll make you a pot of coffee. But she, she enjoys this. It's a labor of love for her. Now, sometimes I get, I don't, sometimes, all the time, I get pulled into this. I need you to go to the store and get blah, 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 blah. Why? Well, because, you know, we've got some folks coming over and I want to do blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'll do that. But that's a ministry. Because you know what? Sometimes, especially for those of us that grew up in church and, and seeing people's spiritual gifts, we forget there's a world of people out there who, who've never seen hospitality. They've only seen rudeness and, and meanness. And so when we show a different way of doing things, when we use and exercise our gifts, and that's just one, we're showing them Christ. We're saved to serve, not to sit around and wait for heaven. You know, it would be great. Let's be honest. It'd be great if the minute you were saved, you know, it'd be like Star Trek and God just beamed you up to heaven. But He doesn't. You know why? Because He gives us a job to do. He gives us a ministry. He, he leaves us in this world so that we can be little Christs, little Jesuses. Once you're saved, God's desire is to use you while you're here, we are created, we're saved, and we're called to serve God. All of us have a calling. You know, we always want to hear, you know, when the, when the, tell me about your calling. You know, we say that to, to ministers and officers, but I've never heard anyone ask a Sunday school teacher, tell me about your calling. But they have one. Part of our calling is how God saved us and how God uses us. We don't say calling, but we say testimony. It's the same thing. 
Scripture makes it clear every Christian is called to service, regardless of what your occupation is. Um, regardless of your, your day-to-day, nine-to-five job, we're all called to full-time Christian service. You know, Christianity is not from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. It's on Sunday morning. It's, it's full-time for all of us. Romans 7 verse 4 says, In the same way, my brothers and sisters, your old self died and you became free from the law through the body of Christ. This happened so that you might belong to someone else, the one who raised you from the dead, so that we might be used in service to God. Ask yourself this question, how much time, how much of the time, excuse me, am I being useful in the service of God? Your service is needed in the body of Christ. You would be, you would be shocked if you knew how many churches in America close every year. Some, some core do. Not enough people. Not enough officers. There's no one that can't be used by God in His church. There's no one, there's no one believer who can't be used by God in this core. There's no small service to God. See, again, we have it where we think, and I've even heard in other places, I've even heard church members say, uh, now, no, Captain, you going to be here this Sunday? No, I'm on vacation. Well, I won't be there because I don't want to hear nobody else preach. That's, that's bad. It's not about the speaker. It's about the message. And I've even said to my core, and I'll say it to you, this core needs you more than ever when we're not here, not when I'm here. The, 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 the churches should not live and die by their pastor. Now, I'm not saying I don't have a responsibility. Absolutely, I have a responsibility. But everyone does. And if everyone would do their service, their ministry, it equips the church. It makes us stronger. There's no one that can't be used by God. Each one of us has a purpose. Now, maybe you don't know that purpose yet, and that's okay. God will reveal that to you. But there's no small service to God. It all matters to Him. In the same way, there's no insignificant ministries in the church. Some are visible. Some are behind the scenes. And let me say this about those of you that minister in ways that maybe not everybody sees. They'll see it when you don't do it. And you laugh, but what you'll start hearing is, well, what happened to so-and-so? Why doesn't that happen anymore? What, what, oh, well, they, they don't come here anymore. They you know, they don't do that anymore. Maybe they passed away or maybe they got sick and can't do that job anymore. Every job is important. In fact, maybe the invisible ones are more important than the visible ones. But all ministries are valuable. Are they all the same? No. Smaller hidden ministries can often make the biggest difference. In fact, just think about it in your home. Tonight, when you get ready to go to bed, uh, unless you're really scared of the dark, you won't leave all the lights on. But you will leave one or two on. You may even plug in a night light. And let me say to you that sometimes that little light is really important. Because without that little light, you may stub your toe and have to ask God's forgiveness for what comes out of your mouth. You see, there, there is no connection between size and significance. It's all significant. Every ministry matters because we are all dependent on each other to function. 
Can you imagine if your liver decided to start living for itself and said, I don't want to serve this body anymore. I want a year off just so I can be fed. Let some other part do my job. Well, you and I know full well that's not going to go well with you. What would happen? Eventually, you, you would die. Your body would die. And that's why I make mention that many churches today, especially in, our, in the Western Hemisphere, are dying because people are unwilling to serve. They sit on the sidelines and the, the, the church suffers. We've read already scripture and heard scripture that teaches we're created, we're saved, we're called to serve the Lord. We're also commanded to serve Him. Philippians 2, 6 and 7 says, Christ Himself was like God in everything, but He did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for His own benefit, but He gave up His place with God and made Himself nothing. He was born a man and became a servant. Jesus says in Matthew 20, verse 26 and 28, not so with you. Now he's talking about how people would lord it over and how they love power and how they love to abuse that power. But he says as a follower of Jesus, whoever wants to be great must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, I've been uh, this weekend, I, I came across this podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And I'm probably halfway through it. But I'm going to tell you that just what I've heard so far, it makes me want to be a better pastor because this is about this, this podcast is about a very well known church that just imploded because the minister used his power where he verbally assaulted. He, he actually would tell deacons in his church, I wish I could go outside and beat you up. And you could hear this uncomfortable laugh because they really didn't know what else to do. You see, friends, we're, that is not what we're called to do. We are called to do the opposite. We are called to serve one another. The, the worst thing that you can do is let any power... Uh, you know, get into your head and make you think you're somebody. And I'll say this about you. I'll say it about me. There is nothing good in me except what is from Jesus. And, and none of us need to think that we're somebody. We're, we are somebody in Christ, but without him, we are nothing. In fact, we got to be reminded that, uh, the, that, you know, Jesus taught spiritual maturity is never an end in itself. Maturity is for ministry. We grow up in order to give out. And some of you may feel like you give out already. But it's not enough to keep learning more unless we use what we're learning. What if you went to Bible study uh, just, just for the sake of knowledge? That sounds great, but really that's not what the end factor should be. Or what about the great comparison between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea? Maybe you don't realize it, but Galilee, the, the uh, Sea of Galilee, is really a lake. But it's full of life because it takes in water and it also gives out water. But nothing lives in the Dead Sea because it's dead, right? But why is that? There's no outflow. The lake is stagnated. 
Serving is the opposite of our natural desire. Without Christ, it's me, 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 me. Selfish. Most of the time we're interested in serve us rather than service. We want other people to serve us. In fact, we don't call, when we go to a restaurant, what do we say? We don't say waitress anymore. We don't say waiter. We, they say, the server will be right with you. The mature follower of Jesus stops asking who's going to meet my needs and starts asking whose needs can I meet? Because if you're the type of person that asks whose needs can I meet today, then you've accepted your ministry. Romans 14 verse 12 says, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. You know, that's, there's some scriptures that should scare us, even as believers, that we're going to be held to, to an account. If individually, we will all stand before our Creator and literally give a word about your service to Him. One preacher once said, you know, God, when you stand before God, He's going to say, well done to some, and then He's going to look at some and say, well... You see, when we stand before the creator of the universe, in fact, I don't think we're going to stand. I think we're going to be on our face. It's at that point, all our excuses are going to sound hollow. You know, it's, it's, it's no different. Like I joke about this, and it's really not funny, but, you know, you go to the dentist, and I love when you're getting your teeth clean, and it's all over, and, and the lady will say, or the man, well, do you floss? Well, ma'am, you probably know that better than me right now. And, and they're asking you a question. They already know the answer. And of course, I kind of go, well, you know, it's never like I should. And she's like, no, it's not. And that's why the dentist is going to come in and schedule your uh, crown here in a little bit. But, you know, we can make up all the excuses, but they're not going to mean anything. All of us are going to give our life to something. It may be, a, you, can, you can choose a career, a sport, a hobby, wealth, but the truth is none of that has lasting significance. As I said last week, only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. God wants to use you to make a difference in the world, and please don't believe the lie that you can't make a difference. If, you change, if, if God uses you to change one person, then praise God. Because that one person was created in his image. You ever hear the story, the true story of these men who came to this, this area uh, and, and they were going to do a, like a tent revival? And after the tent revival was over, they gathered in this large pasture, not pastor, but pasture. And they said, Lord, please raise up somebody from this area that will spread the gospel to the nations of the world. Well, not far from where they were praying was a young man who was working at his father's dairy farm. And that young man's name was William Franklin Graham, which you and I know him as Billy Graham. And that one prayer that they prayed about somebody that they probably never thought God answered their prayer, didn't he? They prayed for, would, Lord, would you raise up one person? Friends, don't think it's insignificant. And the enemy tells me this when I'm sitting in a review and somebody says, so you only had one person at the altar? 
We shouldn't even say it that way. We should say, thank God that person responded to the Holy Spirit. It's not about size. One person can do many, many things. It's not in our strength either that we serve, but it's in His strength. And if there's something that the Lord's calling you to, or the Lord has placed on your heart, and you've made excuses, because we all have, maybe this is the time where you say, Lord, I'm going to accept the assignment that you've given me. I'm going to accept it because if, you, if God calls you, and he's called us all to something, he also equips you. He'll also give you the tools for that service. So what we should do as a body of believers is first and foremost, just stop making excuses. Because you know, the truth is, and I say this in closing, we all do what's important to us. Every one of us. I, I got really discouraged one time, and I'll say this, and I'll be done, I promise. We were in a core, and, and just, I just, you, you can't help but think it's your fault that things aren't going the way they should, and uh, people weren't attending, and, and this dear soldier came to me and she said, Captain, this ain't on you. They're not here because they don't want to be. They're not here because it's not important to them. Everybody, she said, does whatever is important. You know why you're here this morning? Because it's important to you. Because you understand and God has taught you that his kingdom should be important to kingdom people. We're not going to sing this song, but I've asked Evangeline to play it in, for our time of commitment. It's song number 497. And I said that, that when we don't accept our assignment, it's really a heart issue. And you may, the tune may sound familiar, but I just want to read the, uh, one verse, or, uh, or actually the first verse and the last verse. It says, I want, dear Lord, a heart that's true and clean, a sunlit heart with not a cloud between. A heart like thine, a heart divine, a heart as white as snow. On me, dear Lord, a heart like this bestow. I want, dear Lord, a soul on fire for thee. A soul baptized with heavenly energy. A willing mind, a ready hand to do whatever I know. To spread thy light wherever I may go. That's our ministry. That's what God has called us to. So as she plays... I would invite you to pray and just um, make sure in your life that you have accepted God's ministry for you this morning.